don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. But it was my wedding day. It was my wedding day. We were getting ready and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. No clouds allowed in the sky. Hello again, friends, and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. This show features the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I'm your co-host, one Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which, by the way, my friend, American Caesar Enterprises is a long-haul trucking company currently clogging the streets of Ottawa, Ontario in the the name of freedom. (laughs) And I am joined, as always. People listen to this because they want to get away from the, the... crap basket I, that is i couldn't be further world. away from ottawa right now believe me yes I, see i find that profoundly depressing because i was like well if the united states completely implodes i can go to canada I'm like nope canada just as bad great um that's nice anyway my name is noah tarno i'm founder and senior quiz master of the big quiz thing the trivia game show spectacular we're all about fun we're all about the good times no, nothing but fun and happiness rainbows lollipops Kittens, puppy dogs, all that good stuff. Well, Noah, speaking of things we don't talk about. Uh, yes. Our topic this week We will is, talk about things we don't talk about. This is one of our most meta episodes. It will be. By the time we're yeah. done, yeah, we will have nailed this to point home. All right, so our topic this week. Man, if we had gotten to this, I would say five weeks ago, we would be on the cutting edge, on the bleeding edge. I don't think we're too late. We're not too late. We're, we're not too late, too late. But no. it's, to be honest, this whole thing, we're, we're talking about... Um, uh, stay with me here. We're talking about We Don't Talk About Bruno. Right, which is a song, of course, about Sasha Baron Cohen's post-Borat gay hairdresser movie character, Bruno. Oh, wait, right? no, no, no. That's, that's no, not no, it. That's no, not no, it. No. Oh, sorry. It's a song about um, former WWE living legend Bruno Sammartino. Bruno Sammartino. No, I don't, no. Think, I don't think it's no, that. It's not, oh, oh, no, I know. It's about uh, Bruce Willis's 1987 Vanity Blues Rock <laughs> album project. The return of Bruno, which, by the right, way, Bill? that was that one was, of them must be true. That one was get be. that that was definitely they got that got retweeted because people kind of forgot about that. Like we were, yeah. I think, thirteen or fourteen when that came out. Like there, it's yeah. gone. It's I gone to the sands of time. You I bought, bought that, that album. That's crazy. Because that song "Respect Yourself" was all over the radio for some reason. I liked it, and every like couple weeks ago to the mall, my dad would let me buy a cassette. And I fucking owned. I probably listened to it once and then like threw it away. I saw. Uh, I saw. I will the, tell you. I will tell you one of the funniest jokes, low-key funniest jokes from the Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis. And you know me. I love those roasts. I have a juvenile sense of humor. Is Nikki Glaser, a great comedian, is saying, a lot of people don't know that Bruce is a very talented singer because he isn't. <laughs> That's She's a good great. one. Really great. You know, but people were posting bits and pieces on uh, TikTok and, and, and on Twitter. And... You know, the whole Bruno, the respect yourself thing, it was obnoxious. We're still talking about Bruce Willis. It was, it was so obnoxious, but it, the thing, it wasn't, it was just a vanity project. It wasn't like Popo yeah. Zhao. It was just a vanity project. So it it stuck around. You know, he, he dipped into it for two or three years or so, but it wasn't yeah. the most repellent thing in the world. Uh, well, come on. I think, you know, we've, we've learned that how repellent, the most repellent things in the world are. Bruce Willis barking out blues classics is, is not that bad. Our mutual friend, uh, Brian Solomon, would be very happy at your Bruno Cimitino, uh, Bruno, yeah. uh reference. That's his, his metier is, is professional wrestling, and he just put a, started yes, doing a podcast yeah, and, recently. And he, he's the only one. Uh, all right. So really, we're talking about, you probably know, we're talking about the song from Encanto, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Disney, all that good stuff. Yeah. You know. So give, yeah. give us the deets, Mr. S. All right. So, and if, 
Encanto, or yeah, I'm not going to bother to try to pronounce it with the Latin accent because it's just going to sound disrespectful. I do that. That came out in 2021. I think it was November 2021. It was the most recent Disney Studios 3D animated. Now, three D. What am I looking for? Um, not two D. Yeah, three D animated animation. Right, one D. One D. Um, and it came out in November. The movie itself was only, re- re- you know, it had lukewarm reception. Um, you know, the, all these things don't win. People liked it well enough, but it didn't necessarily generate a shitload of heat. Um, but then this track, uh, I guess it was released. It became a banger. It crossed into pop renown in, in early January, late December. It kind of got a little heat, up, heat on its own. Uh, the song dethroned Adele, who had been firing at the top of Billboard, and uh, took over number one spot. And it's this, this is I love this statistic. Hadn't even thought about this, but it also brought this uh, other epoch, Noah, back to my memory. This was the first Disney soundtrack song to go to number one since a whole new world. Yeah, a shining by, place I never knew by Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell. And it got me thinking yeah. for a second, like, oh, what? Who were those? Guys, what happens to them? I'm like, oh, Regina Bell did Baby Come to Me. People no, Bryce- that was Patty Austin and uh, James Ingram. Are you sure? Uh, because yeah. it, it gave her credit for a song called Come to Me. But okay, yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe she wrote it. Yeah, or, or she Peebo did- Bryson, he was one of those guys in the 80s. He had yeah, Peebo Bryson. It was huge. Yeah. He was big business. He won a freaking Grammy. Peebo. Love his name, Peebo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and this is also weird. Even Let It Go didn't crush the top spot, weirdly enough. It was huge. It was a gigantic cultural monolith, but it didn't get to number one on Billboard. I mean, it may still be. It's a. I think Let It Go was a bigger phenomenon. But, you know, in terms of... Wait just, a minute. Wait a minute. She did do Baby Come to Me. I, maybe she did a, a version of it. You know, like, I think you're right about the... Hot patios. number one in the hot... Am I wrong about this? Am I going to have to take this back? Wow. You have to issue... There's a, nothing about... Pat. So what did Patty Austin and James Ingram do? I stand corrected. Wasn't Patty Austin, uh, uh, well, didn't they put her back a uh, million dollars? They had the money. They could fix her. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of Steve Austin. Never mind, the million-dollar man. <laughs> that's, my, that, you know, that's my mistake. We both made a mistake in this episode. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Partly because I'm looking at a picture of Patty Austin right now, You're and she to... could not look less like this. Sorry, Patty Austin. You're trying she to... could not look less like the $60 million. Like Lee Majors. You're trying to picture her in a brown so tracksuit her... right now. Yes, she did Baby Come to Me, a duet with James Ogg. So these are different songs. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Called Baby Come to Me. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, but, I'm, hey, you know what? The, that that Patty Austin song was a fucking banger. That was awesome. Baby that, Come oh, to man, Me. Oh, man, sing that. Me, sing see, it. That's the one I know. Yeah, it's great. Here's the difference. The Regina Belt Baby Comma Come to Me is Patty Austin, James Ingram. Baby Come to Me with no comma. Oh, see? Is, is, and that was, uh, Regina Bell's was 1989. Patty Austin and James Ingram was early. You learn so much on this show. How about show, that? Yeah. Bell. That's not even what the episode's about, but, you know, we're going to have to get there yeah, anyway. We, but you, you, this is the Regina Bell cast. So uh, this song is sung by the, the troupe of actors who are actually doing the voices for the um, uh, uh, movie itself. Carolina Gaetan, Mauro Castillo, Adasa, who I believe is a rigaton star, uh, someone named Renzi Feliz, uh, Diane Guerrero, and Stephanie Beatrice. The la- latter two are TV movie stars. Yes, uh, Diane Guerrero, Crazy Jane in the Doom Patrol TV show. Oh, right, Attention right. Conflict. Stephanie Beatrice, yeah. you might know her from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, among other things. She's uh, the she's the main character in Encanto, right? She's the voice of uh, Mirabel. 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 Yeah. Mirabel Madrigal. And and you guys know this. This song was written by much like the rest of Encanto's entire score by the ubiquitous Lin Manuel Miranda. He of everything else that's ever been done constantly. 
so the, the song the song tells the story of a black sheep uncle who the home the main character is a Colombian family living uh, in Colombia. I should say in a magical town. Yes, a magical realism tableau. My notes say Noah. Whoever typed yes. this, me. That's what he wrote. Uh, yeah. somewhere, somewhere in the hinterlands of that country at some indeterminate era. It's, I was a little foggy on this. Maybe we'll get into it. Maybe we don't or whatever. But so, uh, and, and you know, the point of the song is they no longer speak of this uncle because they believe his words augur doom for the household. It's, it's a long story. Uh, and, you know, it, it quickly caught the attention of TikTok, which allowed users unlimited permutations of recombination. So uh, Noah pitched, I mean, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. We didn't get to it, but Noah, you brought it up to do this week, and it's, I think it's worth talking about. So um, I'm sure this must have been the first you've heard of it, or actually heard, heard the song itself. No, you you know, this was a big enough thing in December when we were on hiatus. You texted me. You're like, if we were doing an episode, we should do We Don't Talk About Brew. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. literally have never heard that phrase in my life. And then um, I started hearing about I still didn't hear the song until like a couple days ago. Um, no, until like I mentioned to my nephews, I was going to sing it and they just started like idly singing it because they hear it around. Um, and then a good friend of the show, Mary Reeves, texted me a few days ago and said, you guys should do We Don't Talk About Bruno. And it just, just to be clear, just hit number one like this week or last week. So we're definitely not too late here. And we're talking about the song, not the movie. Although, Bill, thank you for encouraging me to watch the movie. Uh huh. Um, I didn't watch the whole thing. Okay. I made it like... Basically, we don't talk about Bruno. Ha- you said like 30 or 45 minutes and you were spot on because we don't talk about Bruno happens like 40 minutes in. So I think I made it to like 10 minutes after the song and I got the gist of the movie. I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but these these Disney movies are having, um, uh, you know, uh, diminishing returns for me over time. Sorry, Bill. I know you're a big Disney guy. And but I kind of feel about the movie how I feel about the song. It's very well done. Very well written. I mean, serviceable is an is an understatement, but it just doesn't, you know, stir me the way pop music you really like. Um, it's incredibly catchy. You know, it's gets stuck in your head like crazy. Really well written. Um, it's uh, the vocals are great. All these people are terrific. Um, there's an interesting element that one of the characters, you know, all these characters have like superpowers. They're like a Colombian magical realism fantastic four. And, um, except there's more than four of them. And, uh, there's one girl who, uh, like has super hearing basically. So she speaks really quietly and there's this kind of quiet bit where she whispers her part. It's almost like an ASMR thing. And then there's a slow breakdown in the middle where the perfect girl who's played by Dan Guerrero, uh, does her little bit. Um, there's, uh, the end, it kind of builds to this polyphonic climax where all the characters kind of come back and do their parts together, which I watch a video online is very interesting, is uh, reminiscent of a Renaissance form called a madrigal. The family is named Madrigal. Mm-hmm. And while this isn't strictly a madrigal, because I believe those are, um, acapella, uh, you know, you see like the inner workings of, of Miranda's mind and, and, you know, he is definitely... A, a, a musical creature a scholar a scholar scholar and a gentleman um I, I really like that you know uh apparently they were going to call the character oscar and lynn manuel lobbied to change the character to bruno so he could go bruno no 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 which i thought was very clever but there's a song before this in the movie uh that's actually also a big hit right now called sudden pressure and sudden pressure really grabbed me in that something reminiscent of Hamilton, right? Is that it had some very clever rhymes. I wrote this down. It rhymed nervous earth is with churches, 
Nervous Earth is Churches, and Circus Surface Cerebus, which I really thought was clever. It's but almost like talking... Gilbert, Gilbert and Sullivan, you know, the way that a they little, would, uh, yeah. those tripping, trippingly uh, uh, sure. syncopated rhymes. Or like, you know, one of the things I do like about hip hop is how it rhymes words that seem unlikely to rhyme. But we don't talk about Bruno doesn't do any of that. Like I read the lyrics and like none of the none of the rhymes jumped out at me as being clever or, or nifty or whatever. Uh, and this song is definitely an earworm. And personally, I feel like in some not so great ways. I in the last 24 hours, I listened to this song about 12 times and I'm sick of it. Um, and like I was saying before, this is kind of how I feel about modern Disney movies. They're all kind of the same. They're very well done. There's some interesting stuff beneath the surface if you want to, you know, study it. Uh, but they're kind of predictable. I find them kind of bland. I find them kind of all the same. Like, yeah, great. You got the Latin beat and the Latin rhythm, and and that's a little different. Although we saw that, I mean... Uh, if we're going to say Latin, which I know is a broad designation. We kind of saw that in Coco a few years ago, right? Uh-huh. Coco was Disney, right? Or was Coco something else? Yeah, no, that was Disney. Okay. My Pixar. I mean, Coco it, might, was... it might have been Pixar at that, no less. Okay. Coco was Mexico. This is Colombia. I know. But to a to to untrained ears like mine, the music is all of a broad kind of genre. Um. So, yeah. And then watching the TikToks, I mean, one of the things, one of the most common things among the TikToks uh, that I thought was most interesting is people getting together and basically acting out the song like as it is in the movie, like dressing up like the characters and lip syncing. And like even the scene where they're, they're talking about how bad Bruno is and one of the characters, one of the one of uh, um, Mirabelle's cousins, who's a shapeshifter, shifts to look at Bruno. He says, he's got some rats crawling down his back and the rats on his back. And this kid in this TikTok has a stuffed rat like tied to her back. It's really funny and clever and you know, this is where I think TikTok is best, where it just shows people like having fun and, and taking joy in life. And I, 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 I like that, you know, when it's tied to, again, not my favorite song in the world, but I can't deny that it's a good song, you know. So, yeah, sure. Great. <laughs> I mean, what else can I say? No, sure, I, great. You know, like yeah, I'd rather great. culture be full of this crap than a lot of other stuff. Yeah, you know, good. I mean, you know, I. Why not? Why I'm not. I'm not super excited, but I'm not remotely upset. I think this song is an emissary of the movie. Uh, you know, and Disney's on this. I think at least two or three of these a year. And you know, you, you get you get a Pixar, you get a Disney Studios. You know, I mean, even though I know they're the same corporate body, they are coming out of two different artistic systems. Um, Anyway, at one point, all of Pixar stuff was locked down, and you got a pretty consistent product. After that, Disney bought them. I think Pixar got a little bit of um, what do you call it? Mission creep, signal gain, or something like that. Uh, static gain, where their movies aren't static, really static cling. Static, static cling. cling. Yeah, their movies aren't nearly as uh, focused and as sort of brilliant uh, to me. After after um, uh, what was it, the one about the girl in, the, inside the girl's head? Um, you know, inside that, Out. Inside Out. That was great. And everything after that yeah. is like, uh, I like, liked Inside Out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that. Was, I like all these movies. I just, I don't. Well, I, I don't like them all. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh. right. A Coco didn't do much for me because the whole the the motif of the Day of the Dead um, that never really got to me. I don't understand where this stuff comes from. You know, that that we have such an Anglo culture 
it's not that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not put off by it. It's just there's there's nothing that inspires wonderful awe about what that was like. And the same thing here. It's like, I don't know any of the ciphers for this. I know the, I know the cultural ciphers. Again, I'm talking about the song as, you know, it's an emissary of the movie. It's trying to do this job of distilling... Uh, speaking for the film, in other words, to put a foot down. It's on the a earth. very plot-heavy song, which is why I'm glad you encouraged me to watch part yeah. of the movie because there was a lot of context it's I missed. It's damn strange I... for a single, yeah. especially considering yeah. a whole new world. Like, there's no plot in a no. whole new world, you know. And, no, and remember this flying like, over the city and again uh, on a, inside on a the movie, road. there was a version of the song, and then there was a single version that yes, like people versions didn't do. sing the version in the movie. They, do you know when that changed? Um. When did it change? I think in 2014. Yeah, let it go. Dem, people forget Demi Lovato did yeah. "Let It Go," and that was going to be the hit. And people were like, "No, fuck you. We'd rather listen to Adina, Adina Menzel, Adina Menzel. Doing it. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And, and they're like, "Well, why did we pay Demi Lovato all this money? It was such a mistake. So they probably made the same decision now. Like, we're not paying anyone else to do. We don't. Talk right, well, about you know, it's like you don't want the single, or you want the one that was in the movie. It's like yeah, put the actors yeah. who were there. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's different. It's uh, what was it? Uh, the uh, the one that uh, uh, Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson did, I think it was Beauty and the Beast. Um, is that what I'm thinking of? 1993? That was Peebo too? Yeah. Oh, Peebo was in there for a while. Peebo got around. Beauty and the Beast, is still, yeah. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's like 70. Keep talking. So. I'm going to yeah. look him up. Okay. Anyway, uh, like, but the, the ciphers inside the movie, I don't understand. There's a lot of things I don't get about it because it's like there's... Well, they, it, you know, you said the Fantastic Four. I thought that they were the ex-hombres. It's like they they have <laughs> they have superpowers. It's like they are just a coterie of. It, it, it seemed a lot like a Marvel comic movie. Um, you know, they they get their they get their powers from this magical uh, instrument, and it's like they're at risk of losing them. But like, there, there's the strong girl. She's like the thing. There's the you know everyone has a, a secret ability that they pretty much inherit. I like, guess if they were mutants, you know, once they reach of age. Um, and I don't understand where the candle concept came from. I don't know the, the fact that this giant casita, like, I, I, I don't know, you know, I kept thinking, like, am I supposed to understand what the abuela is talking about in terms of running away from her, for her life from men on horseback? I don't know who those were. Well, I think there's probably some revolution in Colombia that happened at some point I, that if I, you look, care I, to dig and I, you know. I but it wasn't bound in the story and it was just sort of like it wound up to me seeming like a lot of thrown together like okay we need peril and it's like rather than explain what the peril was I don't know who the the, the horse-born Colombian raiders with swords are I don't know what the threat is I just know that this seems like a trope that was thrown out I mean granted I'm not I'm, I'm talking past the song here but the thing is it's like this movie didn't charm me I really, I watched the whole damn mm. thing and I thought, you know what? Of the last two Disney movies I saw, sorry, yes, I'd say three. Uh, since we started in pandemic, you had Luca, which was this Italian oh, yeah. movie. It was like set in like a Sardinia, sort of a Sardinia. Uh, but it was a lot like uh, Ponyo. It was almost like a version of Ponyo, but done in 3D animation. And the one before that was that freaking uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie with the two blue elves. It was Chris Pratt and uh, Tom Holland. What? Onward? I have no Onward. memory of this. Yes. That, that, what was it called? Onward. That was a Pixar movie. So I have I'm, zero memory of this. I haven't. I have not been into the, the Disney movies that like I'm going to lump Disney and Pixar together. The last one of these that really did it for me was um, Moana in, in 2016. Moana might be the most beautiful movie I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah. And it was like that. That it, and that was the beginning. Manuel Miranda. Right. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. And he wrote that music too, right? So three songs. That yeah, was the Lopez's yeah, okay. and Lin-Manuel Miranda. But it's right, like okay. that had a lot Super going great. for it. It was beautiful. It was about the ocean. It was about sea yeah. life. And it's like there's it, 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 a person who loves to spend a lot of time in the ocean. 
it it resonated with me in a way that this really there wasn't anything for me here. So I agree with you. It's like this to me. I told you before we started the mics. This remi- the song the tune reminded me of Rob Thomas's "Smooth," but slowed down, <laughs> slowed down. Yeah, like well, measure. You know. Yeah, I mean, but that was 1999 when there was a like the the the, the precursor of our current. I mean, I'd say we're in a Latin pop wave, but we're just in a Latin pop world now. Yeah, As and well and that was 1999. You had. You had Carlos Santana's come back. You had um, Enrico Iglesias, Ricky Martin, um, Shakira. Yeah, that was sort of the start of it, yeah. And I'm hopeful that a lot of families around the world are feeling that way when they're watching Mm -hmm. it because it does show this family and all the different shades of this family. And I think it'll sort of give people a peek into Latino culture and all the ways that we can look and also into Colombian music. I mean, the fact that we don't talk about Bruno as number one on the charts in the U.K. is banana it's bananas so bill why uh you know apparently this kind of took disney by surprise because the song they they have not submitted we don't talk about bruno for the best song oscar category they submitted that ballad about the 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 los whatever sorry uh the the little uh caterpillars uh so this kind of maybe took disney by surprise that this is a uh, a, a, a huge hit. So why did it catch on so much? Why did it dethrone Queen, you know, Queen Adele? Um, why? Why this? You why know, now? Why like, Why now? Disney sometimes has such a tin ear about their own product. Um, you know how many years it took between Frozen 1 and Frozen 2? Like, they had no idea Frozen was going to be the world beater that it was. They just sat back and they, they opened a freaking hole and let money pour into it. But they were absolutely gobsmacked in terms of what what is the sequel to this? And if I mean they delayed, 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 and then the sequel they threw out. Yeah, but what? But but oh, Bill. See, I'm going to interrupt you here. Yeah. Why did, they didn't need to release Frozen Two? They kept squeezing money out of Frozen One. Yeah. Why move on? Well, because the heat would have been, you know, you want to capitalize on the heat, and it's like. But it, they were capitalizing by having frozen everything at the parks, oh no, fr- and every and the frozen logo slapped on every piece of garbage that flowed in from China. Those, and those sold things at Walmart. That, that took two like two years to roll up. That you didn't start to get frozen in the park until like three or four years after the movie came. Really? Out. Yeah, a lot of times they're ready to go. Like when the movie comes out, they I, I want just the feel stuff like the, the frozen money spigot never dried up. Well, no, but you have to look at the timing again. It's you look at the timing, and yes, it's so. I mean, there's a precedent, especially. Especially with uh, with Frozen, where Disney sometimes thinks one thing about its thing and it has no idea with how it's actually going to hit, which is amazing because they're just a diagnostics-based company. But in this case, I th- to, to me, it, this, the, the magic of diagnostics. diagnostics exactly. <laughs> this is popular for two simple reasons. To me, I think that again, or, or you want to talk about the diagnostics, how it got it right. It's Lin Manuel Miranda, which is a quantity. You're almost playing yeah. Moneyball by adding these pieces. Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, <laughs> the one thing they could not have thought of, I think, was TikTok. TikTok ate this thing yeah. up in a way. It's like, look, TikTok is a weird machine that you feed a lot of stuff into the belly, and you don't know what's going to turn out. It's like, did Disney profit on TikTok? No, but it's like it, it kept the thing alive, and it, I certainly it pushed it into bigger cultural prominence. That people were constantly recycling this in small, bite-sized chunks, doing the work. Of Disney Street Team by always recapitulating the tune, uh, doing the play, do the make em ups and the, and the dancing and the choreography and whatever else they did, they were just constant in a, in a way that didn't happen for um, 
You know, the most you could do with uh, Let It Go is play it on the radio. You know, maybe you could buy the princess costume. Maybe you could get a kid at a birthday party. But it's like there wasn't this machine like TikTok to just take something, break it into its component elements and just continue to feed it over and over again. But I mean, Lin-Manuel Miranda might be the toehold that lets that start just because everyone now is well affined to his version of uh, songwriting. And he is becoming more surgical you know, even from Hamilton, where he's getting, you know, Hamilton was this whole magnum opus of this whole musical over hours. And it's like, well, now this guy is able to like a sniper is able to pick off one song at a time and come up with these little world beaters. And so, you know, what's he's going to keep doing this and it's only going to become more and more precise in more and more genres. But it's like doing this Latin thing. You know, he's not Colombian. He's, he's Puerto Rican. But it made sense that this is a man who's got his finger on the pulse. of. I mean, look, the directors weren't. Colombian either neither was the director of photography but the actors who did the movie were so there's a lot of representation are they Colo- are they all Colombian or are I they all, they're all Colombian Colombian or Colombian American in some, some okay. respect yeah all right um yeah, I was like, even the most famous of all the actors was Leguizamo, who I always forget. Oh, Leguizamo was Colombian American from Queens. You know? He's Colombian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his thing. I thought he was Puerto Rican for some reason. I always think for some reason he was Venezuelan, but no, he's Colombian. That's his people. I thought people. he. I thought he was from uh, Luxembourg. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. No, Lin Manuel Miranda knows what he's doing. Uh, really canny synthesis of show tunes and Latin pop. Um, which, you know, is now mainstream pop. I mean, since uh, Despacito, Daddy Yankee, you know, Latin pop is everywhere. There's a, there's a, the metaphorical taco truck on every street corner is our, is our musical firmament at the moment. Uh, and then, of course, the TikTok factor. Um, this, it's a good song for those little TikTok things, getting people together. I mean, maybe I'm reaching, but like now, like people really want to have fun together, you know? And this is a great song. They're like, hey, let's, let's put on a show. The colorful, lovable characters. You know, the song is dark without being scary in any way. We don't talk about Bruno. And Bruno is a villain, but he's not a scary villain. He's a fun villain. You know, he's a he's a villain you can laugh at. I mean, I don't I haven't watched the rest of the movie, so I don't know. Maybe he ends up killing thousands of people. So <laughs> I'm gonna guess no. He's a heinous murderer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he ends up torturing the whole Medrigal family. Um <laughs> But you know, there's something interesting here is um the way in which the charts, the music charts, you know, why did this hit number one, are calculated has changed dramatically in recent years. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I'll just insert a story. I remember in like 1991 when SoundScan, which is where Billboard got its stuff from, changed its method of um, they, they, they started putting more emphasis. You know, there was no streaming. There was basically no internet at the time. And and they started putting more emphasis on an album sold than on radio plays and requests. And the first week they did this, the number one album was like uh, NWA. And all these people were up in arms like, this can't be accurate. Just because they couldn't believe that this, to use an antiquated term, this gangster rap group was the most popular thing in America. Oh, that's niche music. So to credit whoever the Billboard, SoundScan, I don't know if SoundScan's even still around, whoever these people are, they change with the time. So it's only in recent years that they log, you know, they started logging downloads years ago. Now they log streaming. They have to. That's the business. They have streaming. And here's a quote from The Atlantic by Spencer Kornhaber. And bear with me, it's a little long. Um, Streaming thus helps children's music, which this qualifies as children's music, to do well on the charts. It also means that the actual popularity of Latin music, pure listenership, not just sales and radio play, which can be heavily tied to record company priorities, i.e. racism, 
can now be understood. It means, too, that songs with TikTok-baiting quirks, think Old Town Road, or an intense emotional spark, see driver's license one year ago, could seem to come out of nowhere and overtake everything else. We live in an era when obsession is probably the most important force in popular culture. And for a whole mess of reasons, Bruno demands another listen and another. Unquote. So basically the idea is the fact that this is a song that people are playing again and again and again, whether it's because they're little kids who, you know, are bored in the car. Repetition or, with kids, for sure. Or there are people, you know, putting together a little TikTok video or whatever. It just pushes the song higher and higher versus a typical pop hit, which you're like, hey, I like this. You know, at the peak, I'll listen to it five times a day. Then now you got people listening to it 30 times a day. So, you know, that, that explains a lot. And... More and more credit to Lin-Manuel Miranda. I, I don't know if he went into it go, aha, I'm going to write a song that people are going to, you know, have running on repeat for 30 years and, and the charts are, are now suited to, to take advantage of that. I don't know if he really thought that, but he certainly hit upon the formula. I have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. They are the greatest beta testers in the world. There were moments in early drafts that were too scary for them. My, my three-year-old has the immortal quote. He, at one point he grabs me and goes, Daddy, can we watch a kid's movie? <laughs> No, would you have liked uh, We Don't Talk About uh, Bruja uh, when you were a kid? We don't talk about Bluto. Bluto, uh, yes. About, uh, the Popeye character. Yeah. We, talk, we, we prefer to talk about the sea hag and, and, and the goon she, and the, Alice the, the goon. The sea hag is being, she's being uh, uh, hagwashed out of the picture, I think. <laughs> Do you know, I, I still remember a, um, a Popeye cartoon that kind of disturbed me. It was uh, a Bluto, and maybe in those, he was called Brutus. Remember in some yeah, he was called Brutus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bluto and the Sea Hag were teaming up. And I think the idea was the Sea Hag was going to do a spell to make Bluto young and, like, handsome. And then the young, handsome Bluto in disguise was going to seduce Olive Oil. And she did the spell, and he, looked, he still looked like Bluto, but he looked young and handsome. And before he goes off to do it, Sea Hag, like, hits on him. And I remember it really kind of disturbed me, because the Sea Hag is... <laughs> <laughs> really gross looking. Looks like um, most of my most of my older members of my family forgot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So, uh, would I have liked this? Well, look. When I was a kid, I liked musicals mainly only when I was acting in them. And I, I remember uh, my senior year of high school, Aladdin came out, and I loved that movie. I was crazy about that movie. But even crazy about that movie, it's not that I liked a whole new world. I, you know, it was too sappy for me. I don't like sappy songs. But this this song isn't sappy. Um, no, actually, you're I, right. I, it's not sappy at all. You're yeah, right. it's not. Like I say, it's fun. I mean, again, m- maybe this is like you say, Disney not really knowing. Like they didn't put this forward for the Oscar. They put for the the Caterpillar song is nice. It's a ballad. It's not sappy. I actually think it's a lot more tasteful than Peebo and uh, uh, Regina. But um, yeah, I just I don't see a world in which Latin pop would appeal to me that much. I mean, I think this was fun. And you know what I would have liked? I think I would have liked to do one of those TikToks, right? Oh, I think I would have had fun yeah. with that. I mean, I, I wouldn't have taken the lead on that, but I can imagine, oh, we're going over to so-and-so's house on Saturday and we're going to do a little video of We Don't Talk About Bruno. And I think I would have been into you that. Dealt, I would have, no, I, no I would have had a good time. Yes, you would have dealt yourself yeah. into TikTok, no sweat. Absolutely. I would have, I would have, I would have put together a costume and tied the rat to my back and all that stuff. I would have had a good time. <laughs> you, would have got, you would have got a rat guy. You would have got, you, the other guy's getting ripped off. A, you would have a, a better rat guy. A rat guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have been a rat guy. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I just don't see the world in which <clears throat> Latin pop is the thing I'm crazy about. So don't count on a lot of repeated streams from me, Disney. So. Yeah, I, you know, look, 
There's two things. Yeah, the song, the tune itself doesn't do much for me. And then Lin Manuel, I have this uh, allergy, this like skin allergy to Lin Manuel. Oh, Miranda. you hated Hamilton. You thought Hamilton was the one. I did, and it's like you're right. I I could appreciate the craft of what this guy Crazy. could do, and not like the sound of anything he's done because it's so it's so show tuney. It's so smart alecky. Um, you know, and the stuff that he is doing now for Disney movies. I, I mean, it, this this may sound stupidly reflexive, but it, it's this sounds like kids music. I mean, this is. I know that some of these songs. That's what they all are to some degree. Um, but you know, like when I was a kid, when Peebo and Regina Bell sing A Whole New World, that doesn't sound, that sounds like that's the Yacht Rock type ballad. Like, um, you know what that's like? <laughs> Patti LaBelle and uh, Michael McDonald singing On My Own, right? Which is absolutely uh, from all- From Ghostbusters 2. No, no, that's Bobby Brown On My Own. That's different. No, I'm thinking on my own. That wasn't, that wasn't from Ghostbusters too. That was not from Ghostbusters. Man, 2. this is this is my knowledge of '80s ballads is really. Well, my point is, is that that was the sound. Disney had a very old person sound. Like here's the, the songs for the, the you know the songs in the movie are for the kids. It's Bell running around. The uh, you know it's it's the you know the what is it it's Ali Ababa the song that uh, they introduce yeah yeah that whole thing and then the radio play would be the old person's version of the song that they play on FM radio Celine Dion <laughs> right that yeah that, that yeah, was that's yeah it. right and it was like oh I prefer the older yacht rock turgid version for old people not the kitty fucking shit version that they put in the movie which I get I get the milieu but I prefer the polished version and then you know up to like you say with Demi Lovato that's what they were still thinking we're going to have a more polished single sounding thing rather than the thing from inside the movie because we know what trans and they don't know what translates anymore to pop charts but no that's the thing it's like uh i unless you somehow turn this into the people bryson version but there's no way to have done that i don't know how you singlefy this song to be honest well they they get instead of six actors who most people have never heard of singing it they get two latin pop stars to do it which if they if they if this was before 2014, they probably would have done. Yeah. Right? No, it w- the environment would have been different. And that, that not to say it would have succeeded. Again, this thing succeeded in spite of whatever. Disney did not know the nitroglycerin it had. And these, these people took over the TNT and made, it, and made it into an explosion. It's also about something, something very real, very recognizable, because every family has that thing that we all agree not to gossip about until you get one of your aunts alone away from the rest <laughs> of the family, and then it all comes spilling out. Is any way the success... The viral, huge success of uh, we don't talk about uh, Bruno Mars. Uh, <laughs> we a, do, except we do all the time. Except we do, except everyone does. Uh, is anyway that a sign of the apocalypse? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, you know, there's something kind of like everything you mentioned about how people are dealing themselves in on TikTok is in, in some ways organic. And a little refreshing that people are. Um, I'm not going to say that this is cynical corporate product. However. Anything from Disney has to be first adjudged as cynical corporate product. That's not to take anything away from the art that went into it, the, the amount of creative hands, the love. You know, even at the end of the credits, they always have production babies, right? There's a lot of sweat and effort that goes into this. The people who make it, I don't blame Bob Iger or whoever's at the top of the C-suite. These are a lot of people who give a shit about it. So it's nice that there's this synthesis of TikTok who are people that actually love it. They're recombining it in a way that like Disney can't unless they just have this big fucking 
you know, sword that they chop everybody and say, no, you cannot play this song for free on TikTok in any form. Like the way you can't, you know, like YouTube, they go around snuffing all this stuff, right? They just kill all the Disney songs. Like you have to go through them to get this stuff. That hasn't happened. That's not, but no, that's Disney killing it, not YouTube. Yes. No, they're right. Disney has, well, Warner Brothers does this too. It's like some, some music companies, the ownership is airtight where it's like, they don't let a fucking thing go by. You get a copyright strike on your account. Even if you're doing them a favor by recombining their music, they are they're gonna like they're gonna fuck you up and say no you cannot play with our that's, toys. That's gonna change over time, it, man. Well, I mean, whether they that's should or change. not, it's it's it makes things harder to do now, you, but it's ridiculous. You know what it's gonna do? They're gonna like give you like a couple of weeks, and if it goes viral, they're gonna let you stay. And after a couple of weeks, if it still only has like ten views, then they'll kill you. Cause they could. Uh, so you yeah. know, you know what I can see happening after this now is that uh, you know one thing Disney is they're again the cynical corporate product. They have been paying close attention to every single bit of the TikTok. They are going to try to exploit and, and, and uh, what do you call it, um, AstroTurf, the, the TikTok thing going. And maybe they, yep. maybe they did try to do this here. We just can't see it. But I think it'll be more obvious that they're going to try to AstroTurf, the TikTok thing, going forward, thinking, oh, shit, we, we're going to have to have a banger that people can get into costume and act out for all these things, for everything, for every Pixar movie that comes out. You know, the Purple Monkey... The, uh, the squeaky elevator. Whatever the fuck is coming from Pixar and Disney. Squeaky elevator. I don't know. What's the difference? It's like, you know, the good dinosaur. It's all a yeah, bunch of shit? fucking nonsense. All these H- movies hitting are Hitting each the other same. with the, the hot mops. I can't have that. Slapping each other. I can't have this. I right. can't have this. Yeah, but do you think it's a signing apocalypse? Uh, one possible respect. And I talk about this with a lot of topics. And I hinted at this before. So <clears throat> we're not in a Latin pop wave. We're in a Latin pop world. And I referenced that stupid thing that some idiot said on Fox News or CNN or something about how, like, we don't want a world with a taco truck on every corner. And a lot of the, you know, right-wing racist backlash we're seeing in the world is because the world is browning. The world is getting, or America certainly is getting more multicultural. And our mainstream culture is. So the more that a sound like this is number one and not ghettoed in onto the, you know, Latin charts or whatever— or urban charts, which is the euphemism they used to use for R&B and hip hop, the more this becomes just regular, quote unquote, regular culture, the more these these insecure idiots are going to feel assailed and the more they're going to march in the streets with tiki torches and, you know, hang Nazi flags. I mean, I know I'm jumping ahead to say this is going to lead to people hanging Nazi flags, but I uh, don't it's, it's think... All, it's grist for the culture I, comp. I, know I see mean. the thread there. Yeah, it's grist for the mill that 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 results in people, you know, making excuses for Nazis. So, you know, this song, Dominating Culture, you see an insecure white person saying, oh my God, we are assailed. Our culture is under threat because now I got to listen to this rhythm that makes me uncomfortable. Um... No, I'm serious. Like it, it, the it food is so spicy. Yeah, but why, why can't they eat normal American food like spaghetti? I don't <laughs> understand why you left but didn't leave. Oh well, because you know the mountains around the Encanto are, are pretty tall, and uh, and like you know, like I said, free food and everything. <laughs> All right, no, I think we're in the back nine here. Tell me about jealousy. Uh, I'm assuming that I know where this is going to go, but is there any aspect of this song crossing over to pop stardom that somehow inspires yeah. jealousy in you? Yeah, of course. Well, of course I'm jealous of Lin-Manuel Miranda on multiple levels. He gets to still do musicals. He gets beloved. He gets to make money. He gets to be a genius. He understands music in a way I never will. Blah, 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 blah. Um uh, but I mentioned before, like if I were young, I'd, I'd be into doing these little TikToks. You know, I have memories of um, 
when I was junior and senior in high school, like, hey, someone's got a video camera. We're making a short film. Let's all hang out in someone's house all day Saturday, you know, eating junk food, chilling out and making a shitty five minute horror movie. Like we did that a few times. It was so much fun. In fact, the other day I'm hanging out with my nephews. I said, what are you guys doing this weekend? They're like, oh, we're going to Kai's house. Kai's one of their best friends. And we're Kai's got taken a film class and, you know, we're going to help him with a short film. Now, obviously, it's a lot easier for kids to make films these days. Right. Uh, but like what fun that must be hanging out with your best friend, making movies, you know, hoping the girls come over. Not on a of... fucking VHS camcorder on your shoulder. Yeah. Noah. I mean, that was fun, too. It was editing right? in camera. It was a lot of fun. You're right. It was I, I wasn't doing the editing. What do I care? But um, yeah, I miss that. And making these like I say, as much as I'm not crazy into the song. Hey, so and so we're going to so and so's house Saturday afternoon and we're we're making a little TikTok. We're acting out. We want you to be whatever that kid's name is who's the shapeshifter. Like, so, you know, raid your closet and, and look like him. Watch the even if you haven't seen Encanto, watch ten minutes on, on Disney Plus and nobody looks like or look up photos online. Like that would have been so damn fun, right? Yeah. And then, you know, hitting on the girl who, who dresses as, 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 the, as the Diane Guerrero's character, right? Mm-hmm. So that would have been really fun. I'm jealous of that. And, and this is one of the few times I wish the internet and social media had existed when I was a teenager. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I'm not jealous of the movie or the song, but there is that. It keeps coming up, I would say, every fortnight or so when we do this, uh, not about the topic fortnight, but I'm saying in terms of intervals, <laughs> the the tick, like TikTokization of things, the, tick, the TikTokarati, get, yeah, getting TikTok-er. into this game. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I was exactly like you were two times. We did take the old VHS uh, camcorder and we made uh, just the dumbest bullshit in like 1989, 19, 1991. And I mean, the, the, the ways in which you could do it now are so much more streamlined and so much. It's easier for you to do it and you could be quicker about it. And it's, it's, it's like, you know, the old days when you have to use, like use fucking hot type. This is like the difference between this and that now. And yeah, you know, I wish I understood TikTok more natively because I don't have it on my phone. I don't watch it. Unless somebody points it out to me, I don't go there to look at it. You have to send me a TikTok to look at, but I'm, I don't scan it. I don't go through it. It's not part of my diet. So to a degree, it's still this um, uh, large untapped wilderness of media that I'm just not looking at. And I know that there's a shitload of fun stuff there. And maybe maybe the wall is wondering, it's like, well, if I look at it, I would think to myself, boy, uh, this is where I would be parking my shit. This is where I would be trying to get into if I was a younger person. Um, you know, and like this, this, it's the new YouTube. Look, people are putting stuff up on YouTube. I have plenty of stuff it's on YouTube. New That's not YouTube. what this is. TikTok is different yeah. than YouTube. And it's like, I kind of don't know how, but I'm very curious to find out. But I, I'm too old. It won't happen. I've watched a lot of TikTok in the past year. I was, um, disclosure, I was dating a woman last year for a few months. And even though she's not a kid, younger than me, but not a kid, she obsessed with TikTok. I mean, she spends yeah, probably a, hour lot of, a day a watching it. A lot of people it. are, man. A There's lot a lot are. there. I mean, I, I found most of it was crap, but if I scrolled for 20 minutes, which is probably the most I did, uh, you know, 80% of it was like whatever, and 20% of it was like, oh, that's kind of clever. Yeah. And just in the topics we've been looking at the past couple of years, I mean, there's been half a dozen, 10 or 12 that have had some TikTok element. And I get more out of TikTok than I do out of... Um, Insta? Well, certainly uh, Insta or Snapchat. Yeah. I mean, tr- Facebook, I'm getting the hell off of because that's the end of the world. Yeah. But, uh, Nobody cares about Facebook. I get Facebook. stuff out of Twitter. Yeah. I, 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 I smiled with delight when I, the news this week that Facebook is dropping. 
Yeah. I like. I hope they end. I hope they're done. Yeah. I don't want Facebook to die. That's where I am. Now. So speaking of terrible things, uh, going yeah. to our Felonian scale, the XYZ yes. axis of terrible yes. and awful and wonderful things that we put to the yes. show. So where where do you think we don't talk about rhinos? Right. Uh, by, by the way, if if you want a good idea of why Jimmy Fallon is our patron anti saint, uh, watch the clip of <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda on Jimmy Fallon this week talking about we don't talk about Bruno. Jimmy Fallon sucks, and his audience is even worse. They they applauded at everything. Oh oh my God, it's Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, hi Lin Manuel. Uh, hi, how you doing? I'm good. Yay! Oh, God, it was so bad. The worst. Uh, anyway, so, uh, comparing this to earlier topics, I think the last song, the last topic that was a specific song, was it Montero or was it WAP? No, it was Mo Montero, Montero, yes. Montero, okay. The point is, this is Montero plus WAP. Okay. Which, as I recall, I, I thought both of those songs were fine, but didn't really do anything for me. I find WAP to be trashy, and I know that's the point, but I just think trashy is like, I just, I don't need more of that. You know, if I want to talk about WAPs, I'm going to, you know, there's pornography for that, right? We don't talk about um, WAP. We don't talk about WAP. You know, well, in certain contexts, you really don't. Um, so, yeah, this is WAP plus Montero. That's okay. it. That's all. That's that's all you need. Well, I, th this was well made, but still kind of pedestrian kid stuff to me. Uh, and in, in some arrangement, I've actually, I was trying to uh, incarnate what I think my good friend Noah Torno would do. I was trying to think of a, um, if, if not a little bit of a quadratic equation, but a, an, an arrangement in three-dimensional space, not in like an MC Escher staircase. An abstract mathematical progression. It was some, some you, do the, you do the math on this one, but it was some sort of fusion of Bruno Mars, Elena of Avalor. Remember that wow. show? That was a very cute sort of looking show with a Latin bent to it, even though it was fantasy. And I, I think this is fantasy too, man. This is not a well, documentary know, but, but, about but a, was, a sentient house. But that there was no Columbia in that one. That was like a magical Middle Earth type thing where they just have to have Latin characters. Okay, yes. Yeah. And yeah. I would say the third, the third uh, leg of the strangle, the trapezoid here is going to be our old friend Noah. Simply out of cuteness, it's going to be Grogu, Baby Yoda, <laughs> Baby Yoda. Yes. So somehow the, this wait this the third forms, leg yeah. of the trapezoid. Did yeah. you really yeah. say? Yes, that? the third leg of the trapezoid. <laughs> a good one thank you <laughs> sorry I, I okay so wait let's review here it's Ellen and Avalor Bruno Elena Mars Avalor, and Grogu Baby yeah. Yoda and what's the third uh, Bruno Bruno Mars Bruno Mars well we don't but we don't talk about Bruno we try not to yeah it Peter, keeps up whatever his real name is uh, all right I you know you pulled that one out of your ass yeah. but I'll allow it so okay trapez I pulled the trapezoid uh, out of my ass yeah so here you go that's it that's all <laughs> We we no longer talk about Bruno. We swear from this point on. Okay, everybody. But if yes. you'd like to find, uh, like we were ticking through some of our wonderful ideas uh, that we just mentioned in the past. If you missed any of those episodes, there is yeah. a great backlog of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Give us a review on the aggregators. People will find us that way. If you. Blow the horn first, everybody. Yes, talk please, about you. Please. We don't talk about. I don't get it. No, no, you should talk about. I don't get it. That's what I mean. Yes, uh, thank you. I am on Twitter myself exclusively at Liam Scurry. My my video content is on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash/AmCaesar. And now here Noah is with a brief list of everything he does in life. Everything I do in life, uh, ninety percent of it is. Uh, I the do big it quiz. for you. Yeah, I do it for you. 
uh, everything I do. Do you remember when David Duke used that as a campaign song? Oh, yeah. And Brian Adams sued right, him. Right. And when That's and so when Brian Adams said, please do not use my song, David Duke's response was, sorry, I didn't know you were Canadian. Like, what? <laughs> what? That's yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Um, I hate that song. Um <laughs> I've lost my train of thought thinking about David Duke and Brian Adams. I'm all about the Big Quiz Thing, bigquizthing.com. We provide the finest in corporate and private trivia events uh, in person. We're creeping back to in person. We did an in-person event last night. In person, uh, virtual, and uh, hybrid, and beyond even. Uh, Learn all about it at bigquizthing.com. Book your event today. And uh, if you are near me in the area of the Bay, the city by the Bay, as, as... uh, Bill's idol, Steve Perry, saying about yeah. we have a couple public events coming up in uh, San Francisco, uh, February twentieth. We're doing an event at the Crossing at East Cut, beautiful outdoor space hosted by me. Uh, and then March fourth, we are at Manny's, which is a fantastic space in the Mission, uh, again hosted by me indoors. Uh, a musical quiz, and both events are free to attend, free to play, and your attendance is much appreciated. It's mandatory, uh, you might say. Mandatory. Everyone in the Bay Area has to come. Yeah. <laughs> We started with the mask mandates, and it's a slippery slope. Uh, so bigquizthing.com, learn all about it. If you feel like following us on social media, you can do that, too. Okay, everybody, until the next wonderfully Latin-tinged uh, episode of our show, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2022.